listening to All Over the Place, a podcast from the International Transport Workers Federation, the podcast where we look at anything um, that affects transport workers. I'm Alana Dave, the ITF Urban Transport Director. This is a special show looking at the effect of the COVID-19 global p- pandemic on public transport workers. In this show, I'm joined by Dan Mahadi, the General Secretary of the Transport and Allied Workers Union in Kenya. Dan will be telling us about daily life in Nairobi, as well as the many challenges that formal and informal transport workers face in his union. Um, So Dan, welcome to um, the podcast and thank you very much for um, being available at a time which I know is very challenging um, for the union. And I'm just wondering, yeah, I'm just wondering, Dan, if you could maybe start by just telling us about daily life in Nairobi at the moment and um, how you're coping with the virus. Nairobi currently, the movement is reduced uh, due to the curfew. The curfew starts from from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. in the morning. And then uh, there are restrictions that has been imposed by the government from inter, 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 inter towns, inter cities. Nobody can leave Nairobi or nobody can come into Nairobi. And the Mombasa the same. So uh, again, they have imposed the physical, dist- physical distance, social distancing, which uh, currently is being practiced and uh, it, it is quite a challenge to maintain that. Uh, sanitization has also been put in place. People are generally washing their hands with soap and uh, sanitized by uh, some lipid, which I think it is this mixture of alcohol and uh, and uh, and uh, some other substances, just to make uh, the environment clean. Again, they are cleaning the environment sometimes in the at the, at night. But uh, all this is being done at the cost of the uh, the workers because the government is not providing anything. Uh, so far, the current cases that we have uh, in the, that have been tested are 4,500 as per yesterday. And uh, yesterday was uh, on 6th of April. Uh, all, uh, the, out of the 4,500, 158 have tested positive. So they have been they are, they are in the hospital and uh, you know they have been uh, they have been put in the ICU. Uh, four out of uh, those they they have, they have actually healed according to the report from the government yesterday, and we have had six deaths. So this pandemic has really changed the uh, the way people live. The livelihoods in Nairobi, and especially for our members, you realize uh, the informal economy uh, in Kenya or uh, many parts in East Africa, they live from hand to mouth. And uh, restricted movements means uh, no livelihoods at all. Livelihood has, has been disrupted because they have they have nothing to eat by the end of the day. And then. Uh, uh, we are looking also at their jobs and we realize that the jobs are at risk. Uh, we do not know what the future holds because after the COVID, uh, after the COVID, uh, we, we are not sure whether these jobs will still be there. 
or the jobs we have vanished totally. And this this one is especially in the in the inform in the informal sector. Uh, on the issue of social distance, I, I may if I, I can just elaborate a bit. It's a bit tricky for many of us who are in uh, in this part of the country because uh, most of the most of the public service vehicles which carry people are small. So even maintaining that one meter distance is not uh, uh, is, is not uh, very much achievable. Uh, some people use uh, border border. Border border is well known for carrying many people, and uh, in, in English, it's basically the motorcycle. So achieving a one meter distance on a motorcycle, on a passenger who's been carried on a motorcycle, is also a challenge. So these are the challenges we are uh, having uh, generally the country, and uh, we are seeing uh, maybe it will have a toll. Uh, by the end of it, it will have a toll on many employment, uh, many employees, and the, the employment uh, opportunities that are available in the in the in the country. Yeah, Dan, as you say, you know the hardships for a city um, or the challenges for a city like Nairobi are huge. You know, it's a big mega city with high levels of informality as well as high levels of poverty. So some of the measures that need to be put in place in order to um, keep people safe are really hard in an environment um, in environment like that. So I think that really just highlights how important um, the role of a union is at this um, you know particular moment in time in order to um, defend the rights and interests of workers. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the role that Tawu's been playing and the kind of demands that you've put forward um, to protect the health and safety of your members. And I know many of those members are involved in informal public transport. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it has been a quite a big challenge because this was unexpected. Because now this is a learning experience uh, on the part of uh, the union. Uh, in Kenya, apparently we have uh, legislations which actually provide for the rise of employment. And those people who are uh, who are in the informal sector, it's not that we don't have those legislations. It is the uh, the uh, unemployment rate that is high, and it has made the employers. Uh, you know, to you know, to ignore, and even the unions have not followed up so much on the legislations. So from now, I think for the future, this employment and employment in the in the informal sector, the unions have to work, and the TAU will have will be in the forefront of working very hard to formalizing uh, the the employment uh, employment in the informal sector, because we realize that it is a big risk. When these people are living on hand to mouth daily, daily, uh, daily on, on a daily rate, again, the challenge we have seen we are, uh, uh, is social protection, and this will be our our way of organizing in the future, because now we realize that the union has to organize around social protection, and that is uh, things to do with the you know uh, health and uh, you know everything to do with social protection. And that is where we are, you know, we are focused. At this particular moment, we have actually asked the government to chip in economically to assist those who have lost uh, 
uh, employment or whose uh, income has been disrupted. And so far, uh, we are still waiting response. What the government did the other day is uh, only reduced some tax, waived some tax uh, uh, benefit for those who are in the formal employment from, from 16 to 14. But uh, those in the informal sector have been left uh, alone. Uh, but we have called, we have also written and called on the government to provide some economic means to give some financial assistance to those in the informal sector uh, so that they can you know, uh, see how to survive. We have also called on, upon the government to provide uh, masks mm. and uh, sanitizers so that uh, our members are working in a safe environment. Uh, an environment that uh, is, is safe for them and the passengers as a whole. So we hope that this, uh, if the government is going to heed on our call as we move forward. We are yet to receive the responses uh, so far, but we are on hopes that they will, they, they will do so. We have also called on the government to at least to mitigate on the on those uh, small, uh, small uh, micro enterprises, the circles. Those mm. who had taken loans so that, uh, you know, their loans can be renegotiated and the uh, interest varied so that not uh, they are not pinned down or they are not penalized for non-payment within this period of uh, COVID. I think those are some of the, the some of the things that we have put forward to the government as a, as a union. Yeah, that sounds really powerful, um, given, as you said, you know, at the beginning, that the government's actually doing very little to protect workers themselves. So those very clear demands that are both immediate as well as long-term about formalization um, yeah. are really important. I'm just wondering from your experience, Dan, had there been any particular effects on women workers um, in the industry? Um, has I don't know if you've kind of noticed or experienced um, anything that might make women more vulnerable to some of the negative effects of um, the situation at the moment. Okay, currently we, uh, I may not have any specific, any specific uh, example, but uh, generally the people who have been affected mostly uh, in, the, in our sector of transport is women and even the youth. Because these are the people who, you know, they are more vulnerable to uh, to diseases, and they are, you know, uh, they are not taken care of when it comes to employment. So uh, we we are saying that most of them have been left in their homes. They are not able, especially with the restriction of time, they are not able to come out of their houses to come and look for jobs because uh, even if they come to look for the jobs with the restricted movement, then it, there, is, there is restricted, uh, uh, there is, with restricted movement, there is restricted, uh, the vehicles that are moving along the road are a few. Therefore, mm -hmm. they are unable to secure any employment uh, because it is now survival for the fittest. With, they cannot fight with the men and, uh, you know, the women are more vulnerable. So maybe going forward, we we may we may have we might see this more coming, but uh, for now we have actually not observed any because now Kenya started the, they they started the curfew I think one week ago, 
they had not realized the, the impact from the world yet. They were still watching. Uh, but when it hit them that this thing is, is real, is a week ago. So within this one week, this is the little things that we have we have experienced. And as they continue locking down, down I think this is going to be, uh, it is going to impact more on the women and the youth. Yeah, and as you um, say, Dan, you're still in the early stages of the virus in Kenya. So some of the ways in which it's affecting your membership are likely to grow and deepen as the lockdown in Kenya um, kind of takes a different form. Um, I'm just wondering, um, I think you um, have previously mentioned to us that electronic ticketing has been introduced as one of the measures to keep workers safe. Um, do you have any opinion about that and how, whether it's affected particular jobs or whether that's a good change um, to perhaps have in a system that otherwise is largely informal? Yeah, okay, the government said that the, the payments should be electronic and the, the main, the major uh, mobile subscriber provider has given uh, uh, some leeway onto this, which we are also supporting because we believe uh, uh, by using that to, it, it, it is one way, mobile money payment is one way of, you know, reducing the spread of the virus. So uh, there are some, there are some uh, public service vehicles which are reducing uh, the mobile money payment. On that line, it has not reduced, uh, it has not reduced employment because those who are using that, those who are working within the, 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 the ones we call conductors, they are still there. And they, you know, they have a number displayed on their, on their, on their chest when they're collecting money, they stand in front of the vehicle. So any passenger will be able to send money on that on that number, and the duty of this fellow is just to go around to confirm that in every passenger has paid. So mobile money it has not gone deeper into the other area, many areas. Many are still paying in cash, but uh, we are insisting that the government makes this as a directive that everybody pays uh, with the, with the mobile money and that the government makes sure that it waives the charges that are normally associated with the mobile money payment so that it is cheaper and easy for the for the passengers to and the and the conductor to collect this money from the passengers so this is currently picking up but is not yet gone so far yeah, and that's a really interesting um, yes. development which might become a long-term practice um, in the yes. industry towards, um, um, towards formalization. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just wondering, Dan, um, if you had any more ideas on that, that obviously at the moment as trade unions we're dealing with the immediate effects um, of the crisis and we're protecting the health and safety of members, but this also does become an opportunity to um, put forward policy and demands on long-term changes in public transport. And I know you mentioned earlier about formalization. Any other ideas um, or experience you've had in Kenya about how some of the current issues could help 
impact positively on the future of public transport in Nairobi? Yeah, the future of public transport in Nairobi, we believe that it should come out of the public, uh, private private hands. Uh, public transport should be owned by the governments, and uh, uh, this 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 will give an impact, and it will bring in decent jobs. You know, this is this one of it. Uh, uh, remove removing uh, public transport from private hands so that it is fully owned by either the government or, you know, uh, public. That is actually what we are looking at. And then we are, we are looking at, you know, uh, having uh, this employment in uh, empowering the, the, the jobs that are there currently, so that we have, for example, in Kenya, we, we don't have any training institution, totally, uh, in public space for public transport, including driving school. There is no, there is no uh, public, driving school in Nairobi or in Kenya for that matter. So uh, those who work in the transport sector, they do it out of their own knowledge. They do it out of their own, you know, experience. So these are the things that, uh, the, you know, getting the public transport out of, uh, out of the pub private hands, uh, having a training in, 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 in Nairobi or in Kenya for that matter to train the workers for long term. Those are some of the things we are looking at, at uh, for long term. And then we are uh, also thinking about if, if the government cannot fully uh, run public transport, can they do it uh, in partnership with, you know, uh, the public so that it is not individual? Because currently what there is, the transport uh, sector in, a, in a, a public transport sector in Kenya is run on individual on individuals so if they can mm -hmm. partner uh, that that could be good for us uh, i think for now those those are some of the things that we, we have looked at we also looked at uh, the the hailing uh, the hailing cups because they we have categorized them as a, a, a public and the legislation there you know we are pushing for the legislation so that they can they can they can be favorable for the worker because currently those who are providing the app providers you know they they are under the table they don't want to come out as uh, employers they you know they are seen as app providers so we are pushing a legislation whereby those app providers will be known as the employers and then if they are known as employers then our 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 what we are articulating will trickle down to their members. Yes. Yeah, those are really, really important long-term issues because as you say, what the current crisis is doing is exposing some of the problems and weaknesses with the existing model of public transport. So this is such an opportunity to ensure that public transport systems of the future are, um, are improved, Dan. And yep, yep. Um, as you say, um, yep. you know, you, you campaigning for a public ownership of public transport, yes. um, yep. which yep. is really important in terms of protecting um, the social um, and economic needs of, of, of communities. So, yep. Dan, I want, to, I want to thank you very much for um, sharing all these ideas um, with us today.
and um, we can hear you've got a lot of challenges ahead. So we yeah, sending sure. you lots of support and solidarity um, in your struggles and feel confident that you will win many of those demands. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elena. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. It helps other people to find us. In the show description, you will find more information about the ITF and links to our work on COVID-19. Over the next few weeks, we will be publishing more special shows on how the virus is hitting public transport workers and how working people and their unions are taking action. Thank you.